0: And then intercession. God, I've got a friend, family members that are going through a difficult time right now. Would you please comfort and encourage them? Then the second half of verse 3. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. You could begin with praise. God, I praise you that you are perfectly righteous. So here again, I'm thinking of God's character. God, compared to you, I am very flawed and sinful, and yet you still love me. God, I am amazed at your love, but at the same time, I realize in an ocean, I'm seeing about this much. I'm just only recognizing the littlest bit of how wonderful you are. I know you're great. Lord, thank you that you declare me righteous by crediting to me Jesus' perfect obedience And his substitutionary punishment in my place. Thank you that you are working in my life to grow me in righteousness in my thinking, my words, and my actions. And so, here, what I'm doing is I'm now thinking the word righteousness is what kind of stuck in my head. And I was thinking, okay, what other verses tell me about how I become righteous? I'm not right with God on my own. How does that happen? And the Spirit reminds me of other scriptures that I've read. I've become righteous because I'm credited with Jesus' perfect obedience. And then God tells me he's not only declared me right with him, he's actually working to change me so that more and more of what I do and think lines up with him. And so I'm remembering other parts of scripture in the middle of my prayer. It's perfectly okay to do that. And then to come back to the prayer, God, would you lead me to make wise decisions? Would you lead my children or my family, or some friends to make wise decisions? Would you help us to see where our own thoughts and the voices all around us would move us away from your ways? Then verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Here, I just speak honestly with God. God, I don't like the dark times. I don't like pain and suffering, but it is a part of life on this earth. Thank you for your presence and your promises. And remember what Paul Miller called it. Real prayer is the real you talking to the real God. So we can be honest with God about where we are in these things. The second half of the verse, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God, you care enough to correct and discipline us. It's not enjoyable when I'm in the middle of it, but I have seen the benefit of your correction, and and so I thank you for that. Then verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, remember the pattern we're following is you read some scripture and then you talk to God about what connects with you. And so here's another note about the method. This morning I'm going to skip verse 5 to illustrate a point. There's nothing wrong with verse 5. But you see, if you think about it, when you and I read the Bible, you and I don't understand some of the verses that we read. I mean, we, we understand each word, but we're not really sure where God is going with what he's saying there. And sometimes we understand what the verse, uh, what, we understand the verse and what the writer is saying, but it doesn't connect at the moment. And so the other point to add is when that happens, when you don't understand what the verse is all about, or it just doesn't connect, skip the verse, keep reading as you go through. So we're going to skip verse 5 and go to verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the prayer could be something like this. God, you tell us in the Bible that we will have trouble on this earth. So I'm not taking this verse as a promise that I will have no problems but you do tell us that you're good and you are good and you do show mercy to me again and again. So thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your promise of eternity in heaven. Now, that's just five verses. Do you see how rich your prayer time can be as you read and then pray about what connects? Now, as you read Psalm 23 there might be other things that connect with you in different ways other than what I've done. But look at what can happen as you and I are reading the Scripture and as it leads us to think of our lives and the lives of others and then to pray in these different ways. As you and I praise God, as we thank God, as we make our requests, as we confess, and as we intercede for others, we have the opportunity to remember God's character. God's holiness, his love, his righteousness, his mercy, and his justice. And just like I was doing a little bit in in the prayers, when when that really kind of hits us, we can just pause right there and think about God's holiness or his love, whichever piece it is. It also gives us opportunity to remember what God has done in the past, how he's worked in your life, how he's worked in the lives of other people, and that is, a, is actually a way of encouragement. As we are reading the scripture, it actually helps us to see ourselves in light of God's word. And then it gives us opportunity to make requests for ourselves and for others. So let me encourage you to, to try this as a portion of your prayer time. Maybe in getting your prayer time started. I remember reading about George Mueller who is a German missionary to England in the 1800s. And he was known for the calling he believed God gave him to be an example of faith in God. And so he was a pastor for a time, and then God used him to start some orphanages, to build them, and then to fund them, and he never asked people for money at all. But he writes himself about his own prayer time. And he said early in his Christian life, he found that he would say, okay, I'm going to pray for half an hour. And we'd find his mind wandering. And he would go to this thing and that thing and the other thing. And he would get his, you know, come back and feel bad that he wasn't focusing and everything else. And he ended up finding this pattern. And he said, when it did, it changed his prayer life. It became so much richer because he didn't have to worry about his mind wandering. It was okay. He's reading through the verses as he's reading through the Bible, and it connects with something, maybe the orphanage, maybe a family that he had been pastoring, some other situation, and he'd pray. might have been a prayer of thanks. It might have been a request. And what he found was he was able then to have a rich time of prayer. So let me encourage you maybe to use this as a way to start your prayer time. Now, I mentioned earlier that, that somebody else had introduced me to the book, and we'd gone through it in our men's Bible study. And for a time after, during and after that Bible study, I was praying through the Bible this way, and then I kind of it faded away. Well, I restarted that a few months ago. And just last week, I was praying through a psalm. And I only connected with one or two thoughts as I prayed through that particular psalm. Well, you know what? That's okay. Um, the idea isn't that you're forcing your mind to try to come up with something to pray about with each verse. Those parts that connected, <clears throat> that was they're connected with something going on in my life. And so I was able to pray about those things. But as I mentioned earlier, you can use any part of the Bible. So let's look at a New Testament passage very briefly. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then, you've been raised with Christ. And if you notice, I put the word since in parentheses because when it's translated into English, the word in the Greek can either be if or since. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And so from this verse, you could pray something like this. God, I thank you that I have been raised with Christ. You make my resurrection certain. Help me as I live my life to see the spiritual mixed in with the physical. You've heard, you may have heard the expression, this person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Well, God's call for a Christian is to live in this world, so with the physical, all our senses and everything else, but also to be attuned to the spiritual because it is all mixed in. And so you can pray, God, help me to see the spiritual mixed in with the physical. Now, I mentioned earlier, Martin Luther wrote a small book uh, with a similar idea. He called it a simple way to pray, and he wrote it for his barber. And in the book, Luther applies the idea to Jesus' model prayer, that is the Lord's prayer, to the Ten Commandments and to a catechism that he had written but it's the same idea. So let's look at one part of Jesus' model prayer, Matthew 6, verse 12. And remember, Jesus gave this because his disciples said, would you give us a pattern to pray? Would you show us how uh, we ought to be praying? And in, this, in verse 12, he says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And so from this, you could pray, God, thank you that you forgive You have done everything needed in Jesus to forgive us. I can't do anything to earn or deserve your forgiveness. God, I confess that sometimes when other people hurt me and offend me, I don't want to forgive them. I want to see them suffer. Would you help me to forgive others the way that you forgive me? And that is completely. And so just from that one little verse, there was thanks, There was confession, and there was a request. And then here's one of the Ten Commandments, the one I mentioned earlier. Exodus 20, verse 17, you shall not covet. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. And so from this, you could pray something like this. God, I confess that my nature is to be selfish and to want what other people have. Would you help me to be glad for others, for all the good things that you give them? Would you help me to be content with what you provide me? But it's not just the Ten Commandments. You can actually use any commandment as a basis for prayer. So here's the commandment that Jesus gave in John thirteen thirty four to his followers. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And so from this, you can pray a prayer of praise. God, I praise you that you are love. You can pray a prayer of thanks. God, I thank you that you show your love to us every day. And then make a request. God, please work in me so that I love others the way that you love me. And it's even better when you and I can put some names in. Names of people that we're struggling to love. Speak, speak, to, you know, give their name in particular as you pray. So, what we've looked at this morning is a great way to enrich your prayer life. Well, let me encourage you to do this. Start small. Some of us say, "You know what? We get excited. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for an hour." Don't try to do that. Just. Five or ten minutes. Start with this. Five or ten minutes. And don't think that you've got to grow it. You know, Martin Luther, we're told, prayed for four hours a day. Okay? If you haven't been called by God to pray four hours a day, don't try it. You're going to be miserable. And everybody around you will be miserable as well. Start small. You see, I believe that as as we've heard through this series, real prayer is the real you talking to the real God. And if using scripture as a way to prompt you to pray in these different ways, praise and thanks and confession and intercession and uh, pray for yourself, if that makes your prayer more real, five or 10 minutes of this kind of prayer is better than 30 minutes of boring prayer, where you're just kind of working through the list, check, 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 check. My, my desire has been for this whole year and with the other parts of this series and this particular series, that you and I will grow to enjoy prayer more as we engage in the prayer more. And the result is we'll probably end up praying more, not necessarily at one time, but through the day. And that's what I believe God wants us to do. Because he called us not to a theological course of understanding. He called us to a relationship. And when we're praying, we're talking to him. Let's close. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all the different ways that you initiate and turn and you act first. Lord, thank you that you are beautiful and wonderful. And Lord, we ask that you would draw us to you, that you would use this way of praying and the other things that we've talked about in the series to enrich our prayer so that we do pray more and we're more honest and open as we pray. And we are looking not just to ourselves and not just to the people around us, But even praying as you taught your disciples to pray for your kingdom, for other people, like the international students that you bring here to the United States and many, many others, the people in our neighborhood around us. Lord, thank you for involving us in your work through prayer. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close with a song.
1: I'll invite you all to stand. Again, this song is singing through the Lord's, through Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And let's make this our prayer, one of our closing prayers. The depths of your grace, who can measure? The depths of your grace who can measure You fully supply all I need You restore my weary soul again and again And lead me in your righteousness and peace You're with me through every dark valley There's nothing that I have to fear You are there to comfort me Again and again Protecting me, assuring me You're near The Lord is the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You gave your own life. You, you gave, gave your, your own life for my ransom. For my So I could rejoice At your side You have shown Your faithfulness Again and again There's nothing good That you will not provide The Lord is The Lord is my shepherd The Lord is The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want I will dwell I will dwell In your house All the days of my life I will dwell Your house All the days Of my life Let's sing that again, I will dwell I will dwell In your house All the days Of my life The Lord is my shepherd The Lord is The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is. You are my shepherd. You are my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. Please be seated.
0: We have a few announcements before the benediction. First, yesterday at the church work day, first it was a big success. We had a lot of helpers, a lot of people that came. So here's the things that were done. Flower bed borders were repaired. Flower beds were cleaned up and weeded, mulched new grass was planted, the catch basin was cleaned out, and the woods behind the parking lot were also cleaned up as well. So thank you so much for all those who came out. It was a wonderful time. I think everybody was sweating, though. My goodness, it was humid. But it was good. At least it wasn't hot and humid both. Um, So a few announcements for today. At 1130, we have Sunday school. Um, and the board out in the Narthex, since we've st- restarted Children's Sunday School, you can look on the board for uh, rooms. Then 5.30 this afternoon is LifeQuest. Six o'clock tonight is child safety training. That is for elders, deacons, staff, ministry leaders, anybody involved, nursery, Sundays, Children's Sunday School, anybody involved with children, meaning uh, under 18 years of age. Uh, it's part of a requirement that we've established within the church to... Um, Have that training, so if that's you, please come this this evening at 6, and it'll be down the hall. Then special announcement, next Sunday, September 26th at 3 p.m., we will be having a special communion service at the Bossom's house with Ron and Sue Bossom. They're not able, Ron especially, is not able to come to the service, and so this is an open invitation, but we do want you to know there's going to be limited space. So if you're interested in in being there at 3 for that service, please email the church office, which is office at harvesterpca.org, and it'll be first come, first serve. Um, They've asked to limit the number of people uh, to make things work. And so, uh, anyway, if you're interested, please go ahead and email and and sign up for that. And then finally, October 3rd, Sunday evening, we've got uh, two presentations. The first one at 6 is Kids' Discovery Adventure in Dinosaur and Fossils at 6. And then at 7 p.m., Genetics and Me. And so this is going to be a Christian scientist who is speaking from a biblical perspective about dinosaurs, fossils, and genetics. And I think it will be very, very useful. So please plan to come and invite anybody else that would be interested to come as well. So I think those are all the announcements. Please.
1: Just a reminder that we are still having communion in service next week. Oh, evening. yes. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, we are. So communion in service there was any and question? The special service separately at the bottom. Yes.
0: Center. Please stand for the benediction. Now may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Go in his peace.